All right, this is Cosmic Dragon, episode four. We're here with John Horner Jacobs in his house. This is the first podcast I've done where I'm actually getting to speak to the author in person, uh, in their residence. And also the first podcast where we're drinking. Cheers. Cheers. We're drinking uh, Lost 40, a local Arkansas brewery's The Oktoberfest Hunter, which it's not bad. Too much alcohol, isn't it? 6.1. That's pretty ABV. good. So I'm, I'm feeling it already. I'm friends with, or I was at least, at one time the designer of all these cans. And no kidding? I went to high school with the guy who owns this company, it, Scott hey, McGee. They've got awesome food at well, that restaurant, too. Little side note, mm-hmm. the company that owns this brewery, that owns all the rest, like Big Orange, yep. Local Lime, it is uh, named Yellow Rocket. Really? And the Yellow Rocket was our arcade really growing up so like uh when we uh went you know walked up in the heights there was the yellow rocket in which we fed quarters to zaxon so you were like the quintessential 80s arcade kid kid. and so was scott mcgee no kidding so hey and shout out to uh stranger things season two oh shit yeah i'm ready october 27th You, you said arcade and that's what came to mind but we're here to talk about uh John's books, uh, he and he's got a bunch of them. And I know that this podcast is typically focused on debut authors, um, but John's the only that I can think of other local speculative fiction writer that I know. And Cosmic. unless you know somebody else, uh, Charlie Brockmeyer sort of is speculative fiction. Yeah. Also, Trenton Lee Stewart writes Dragon. the extraordinary the Benedict Society. Extraordinary Benedict Society? That's the name of it, right? It it's sounds a, familiar. It's a kid's book. Uh, okay. The Benedict Society series. But that's... I'm sure there's more. But anyway. Well, the only one who's nice enough to invite me into his house yeah, to, to drink and... Yeah, I smoked a brisket for you. <laughs> yeah, he did. Which I'm going to imbibe in. And, and being a Memphis boy, I'll give him my, my oh, honest feedback. Oh, please don't. <laughs> well, brisket's more of a Texas thing, so whatever yeah. I say won't matter anyway. But okay, so your debut novel was... Southern Gods, right. which I had the fortune to read uh, a couple years ago right. before we met in person. Didn't you say it was not your thing? No. Oh. It was totally my thing. Oh, yeah. I See, because Southern Gods, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, w- it, it definitely has some fantasy elements in it. But I sure. would totally, if I had to label it in one box, I would say it's horror. Yeah, definitely. And I started in horror myself. Okay. But... As I went along writing my books and stuff, uh, I realized that horror really wasn't my particular genre, even though I, I put horror in all my stuff. So I guess looking at your career thus far, you started with Southern Gods, which I'd call horror, and then you mm-hmm. moved along and you, the Twelve Fingered Boy, um, This Dark, Dark Earth. Earth. Uh-huh. Um, that was my second. One. This Dark Earth was this the second one. Yeah. Okay, and then you moved into the Incorruptibles series, right. their trilogy. And that's has horror elements in it, I would say, but definitely, but yeah. definitely a fantasy. So was that a conscious choice on your part, or just kind of evolved that way? Well, I mean, so it was con- it was conscious. I mean, it was it was. I wrote Southern Gods is horror. I wrote This Dark Earth, which is sort of a post apocalyptic um, zombie nuclear war thing. 
which I don't consider horror. I, I, honestly, it's not like because the purpose of it isn't to scare you. Right. It's to like you know talk about social issues and bullshit like that. Right. You know? <laughs> and I mean, not pretentiously. Just like it just it fascinated me. I liked you know putting people in the crucible of a post-apocalyptic thing, and at the time, zombies and nuclear war seemed good and right. set in Arkansas. So those first two books were like firmly set in Arkansas. Uh, the young adult series was kind of. Uh, it became ultimately like juvenile delinquents. Uh, that's the twelve finger boy uh, fighting sort of Lovecraftian entities. Um, so I mean, it's very horror ish. Mm-hmm. Those first f- five books are, are kind of horror. Um, I, I, I but it, horror is really close to fantasy. Like if you look at like the. You know, even classically, the you know, or the rings. There's a lot of horror imagery. Right. You know, the ring race, the Barrowites, the you know, all that stuff. Gollum. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like icky horror. You know, scary stuff. Souls and and um, and hazard. Right. And uh, I I really don't think a lot of uh, fantasy, other than the secondary world, it's 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 very close to horror. So mm-hmm. it was a real easy push that way okay um that was you know i grew up gr- reading fantasy probably more than horror i read fantasy first and then i got into horror okay well let's talk about how you got into writing itself but then also your traditional publishing how long had you wanted to write or how when did you i guess the question i should ask is when did you take writing seriously enough in your adult life to want to at least make a side career out of it. Okay, yeah. Um, I can tell you, I wanted to write since I was a kid. I, my first story, this is funny, uh, my mom still has somewhere, uh, was about, um, I was always scared of nuclear war from like movies, like the day after and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's probably why I wrote The Star Earth. But um, I wrote a story about like uh, a post-apocalyptic kid living in a cave, getting attacked by like radioactive wolves. Uh, like that was like, <laughs> And actually, I still think that story has legs. But anyway, um, uh, but in college, I wrote a whole series of like Southern crime stories, like dogfights and gambling and all that stuff, because that seemed to, um, that was, that really interests me. And crime is like, so if you look at the spectrum of, of sort of like my literary career, there's crime, there's horror, and there's fantasy. And one relates to the other really closely. So crime is real, often real close to horror because people are doing horrible things to, mm-hmm. to other humans, which is like, you know, you get the serial killers and the stuff like that. Horror, you get the supernatural. And then if you look at the, the far end of that spectrum, you get, you know, fantasy is mm-hmm. like supernatural or, or fantastical things with the threat of horror, um, you know, sort of tinged. So that's sort of my scale in my career, what I've sort of gone through. Okay. And it all kind of... Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Because when you mentioned crime, uh, the beginning of Southern Gods, uh, when he's in Memphis and doing his business, that's that's crime fiction right there. Until it, you know, morphs into when he goes into Arkansas. And we know Arkansas, especially in the... Backwood places yeah. that could be that could be pretty pretty creepy. Yeah. He did not get sodomized. No. <laughs> well, 
But why why didn't you put that in the book? Why didn't you put sodomy in the book? I don't know. <laughs> Cuz you have a horrible thing happen to a little girl at the end. I won't I won't spoil it for anybody else who wants to read it. Speaking of Southern Gods is actually doing very well still. I I think you posted that it was just behind Stephen King and his son well, Owen's book. I got lucky and somehow it got featured on this uh, mass email thing called BookBub, which yeah. I've never heard of. But someone said, someone on Facebook came and said, "Hey, congratulations, John! You got on BookBub." And I was like, "What? What's that? What is BookBub? <laughs> why is that? Why are you congratulating me?" He he explained it to me, and he's like, "You know, watch your just watch your sales, right?" right. And so, you know, my sales have been languishing in like either the hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand, you know, in Amazon rankings. And it immediately just shot up to, uh, like, the first moments after he told me, like, 10,000 or 15,000, then it was 10,000, then it was 3,000, and then it was, like, 700, then it was, like, I think it got to 500, like, wow. overall, like, an ebook. Yeah. You know, which was amazing. And it's still now, still in the, I think, 20,000, you know. I, I, I hadn't checked my, uh, my book sales in a long time. Yeah. Uh, just because I haven't checked them, <laughs> but I've been checking them religiously since then. It's been interesting to see the sort of like fall off, uh, even in, it, I guess it was in conjunction with a price drop off of like, like it, it was normally $10, mm -hmm. uh, the ebook and it dropped to a dollar. So that's awesome. There was a corresponding thing. So it's, it's, um, even, even after the uh, price went back up to 10, it's still getting some sales, I guess, just from the rankings. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, if I understood book sales, I would probably have more book sales. So I don't. That's still pretty impressive, though. That's well, it's awesome. It's, you know, it is a uh, old book. I have no idea how it happened. But it is an old book that I started writing almost 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I, I wrote it for, I wrote that book in most of it in uh, the National Novel Writing Month in 2007. Wow. Which, I guess the anniversary of the start was in here in a few days. Wow. Here in a few weeks. Yeah. Cool. So, when you started querying Southern Gods, yeah. um, had, you, had you had any experience with that? Or did you, how'd you, how'd you go about researching what to do? And um, Honestly, I didn't know. By the time I had finished the National Novel Writing Month, I had no idea. Actually, I didn't know anything about anything. I, I read a lot of science fiction, fantasy, and horror books. I also read a lot of crime. I read a lot of nonfiction. I mean, I, I was just a big, you know, I'm, I've just been a lifelong reader. Mm -hmm. I did not know anything about the industry that sort of was behind the curtain. But once I actually wrote, you know, something, I started, like, saying, maybe I should try to find out about, you know, what's going on. And in 2008, I went to a thing called Borderlands Boot Camp, mm -hmm. uh, which is like, was in Tosin, Maryland. It was run by Tom Monteleone. I don't know. It was a good experience. I met a lot of people. Um, it let me understand a little bit about, you know, what, what the industry is like. Um, and uh, I polished that book there a little bit because it was... It was like it was funny um, when I went to that boot camp. Uh, there was you know a hundred people there. I think there was maybe uh, half of them were on the um, novel track and half of them were on the short story track. Mm -hmm. 
I think of of all the people in the novel track, I, me, a couple other authors had actually complete novels. You know, I mean, we just, just a lot of people just didn't finish it. Right. That's the most important thing. So uh, afterwards, I've just polished the book for a few months and just put it aside and started on this dark earth. Um, and and very much like you. By the time I got an agent, I had three novels finished, right. and I was working on the fourth. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, that's sort of, like, in a nutshell, how I went about it. How was the process? I mean, was it stressful, or was it just kind of like, well, you know, here's this thing that I, I sent it, and you, you, you signed with Stacia Decker. Yeah. And who, who at the time was with my, my agency, Don. Donna Moss. Yeah. And uh, who's since gone off yeah. uh, to another agency. Cool. These are good. I'm enjoying them. Not bad. It's smooth. Yeah, it is. October. Most Oktoberfest beers, I've, I've never had a problem with. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Do you want a Fest. glass? I, my wife makes me drink out. I say she makes me, <laughs> but she's trained me to drink out of a glass. She thinks sort of. Uh, I'll take one. Sure. She thinks that uh, drinking out of a, uh, a, a can, which I don't agree with. Yeah. Um, is sort of declasse or whatever, but I have pub pub glasses that I use just because I have them. And I feel like, well, if I'm drinking beer and I don't use them, I'm, what? Why the hell do I have pub glasses? But, these are kind of like I always associate these with quarters glasses. I don't know if you played quarters. Yeah, ding. Yeah, so these are which I get better at as I drink, which is <laughs> strange. Yeah, like they say in beer like, fest, I'm better. You also look better, dude. <laughs> That's what my wife says. Cheers. All right. I forget what I asked. Oh, okay. So you were talking, you signed with, with Stacia. What was the process like? Because I can tell you for me, uh, I, I wrote Daughters of Forgotten Light, and it was out on the market for over a year. Mm. And I'm not a patient person <laughs> to begin with, but that was just killing me. And I, I fortunately wrote Smoke Eaters and... Um, that still took about six months, but way better than the first book. How, how long were you on the market with Southern Gods? I think at the time, uh, so when I came to Stacia, um, I had had met her somewhere. So when I first started doing it, I went to a lot of conventions. So I'd met her somewhere, and then um, a friend had sort of, um, a friend of mine named John Rector had kind of, uh, and... Uh, so that was enough for her to like, uh, when I actually queried her to like give some consideration to my mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> so I had three books at that time and she was only really looking at, uh, this dark earth, mm -hmm. um, because at the time of zombies and whatever post-apocalyptic, you know, stuff was really hot. And so I think she she signed me on the on the strength of that one, mm -hmm. but it turned out my quirky first you know my first book, which is a quirky mashup of you know Southern Gothic, mm -hmm. crime noir, and love you know Lovecraftian or cosmic gods. horror. It's not really Lovecraftian, but you know that's what the moniker we hang on it. You know, turned out to be more saleable immediately, and that's what she sold like the very first like in like two or three months like it just what? happened like you know like boom but it went to nightshade mm -hmm. which in retrospect probably wasn't the best place but on the other hand they're nightshade now that they've been bought by skyhorse is doing like 
they've righted themselves and yeah you know because they don't have the same leadership as they used to um and they're doing a lot of really cool stuff mark mike martinez's books andy davidson's awesome you know um debut so um it wasn't a bad choice you know in the end but there was a few times we wondered if we were gonna get paid <laughs> which is never good uh, I, I won't tell you here but i'll tell you off uh mike uh how we did get paid okay I'll look forward to that. And that was totally that. because I have an awesome agent. I, I'm getting my my uh, my advance check is in the mail as we speak, so I want to. There see. ain't nothing like the day your first advance check arrives. That's gonna be nice. I'm and money's great, but I'm really looking forward to when that box of books shows up because I'll tell you. That's when it's real. Yeah, that's when it's real. But really, it's really real when you get the money. When you get the. <laughs> You're like, oh, I just got a bonus. I just had a divorce. I've got debts to pay. I might get a tattoo of the cover just just as a splurge and pay to go to Worldcon. But other than that, I'm not getting that well, much Well, you can money. write off Worldcon. You can't write off your tattoo. That's, that's true. I'm sure I can find a way around it, though. But uh, We'll keep your receipts. Yeah. I need to get a, an accountant, too. Usually I just do the H&R Block thing online. This is going to be difficult. But... Uh, for me, people ask, you know, or they talk about their first moment when they were a kid and when they said, oh, I want to be an author. For me, it's in Back to the Future when uh, Marty's dad opens his book and he sees that science fiction. And I was like, whenever that movie came out, when I was five or whatever, I saw that. I said, that's for me. So Southern Gods uh, got bite by Nightshade. Uh, who, who published... This Dark Earth. Simon & Schuster. Okay, Simon & Schuster. And was there a sequel to that one? No. No? No. That was just a one? It was just a one-off. They, honestly, they... So I was the victim of a really good agent Mm -hmm. in the sense that... This is sort of how it sort of backfired on me is I wrote Southern Gods. I wrote This Dark Earth. And I had some ideas for... I had some rough outlines for another novel and whatever... And I wrote The Twelve Finger Boy mm-hmm. in one and a half years. And I had, by the time, a year later, I had, you know, The Incorruptibles. So four books. Um, you know, after the first three books, Stacia took me on as a client. And within about a year and a half, she sold all of them. Wow. Um, but w- it, there was a time when, um, right before... This Dark Earth had been released, that uh, an Incorruptibles was complete. Uh, Simon Schuster offered on the Incorruptibles series, and it was a good deal. I mean, it was like the same deal that for each book that I got for This Dark Earth. And then This Dark Earth came out, and I um, was also, but she also had sold my Young Adult series, and. Uh, what Simon and Schuster asked for um, on timelines, uh, so I it, I was going to have to write two books every nine months, two books, two novels. Wow! And I, you know, I have I have three dependents, right? Like a you full-time know, job. I have to, I had to keep my job. I had to, you know, um, uh, anyway. It just wasn't going to work out for me. So I, I said to Stacia, um, can they um, 
need to just like work with me on the time. Like, does it have to be nine months? Right. Like, this is a baby. I can't deliver that that quickly. <laughs> and um, twins, two yeah. Brothers, yeah. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, I'll go back and talk to them." And then uh, that coincided with the release of This Dark Earth that came out to, you know, not the greatest sales. Right. Like, I mean, it wasn't, it's not a failure now, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, it's the first three weeks that make their opinion of the book. Right. Unfortunately, that's, a, oh, hell no, no seriously. <laughs> so, uh, the first three weeks of, of the book is what I guess sort of solidifies that. Right. So as an author, I would say you should do whatever you can to help it along the way. Right. Because. You know, in um, so when I first started out, when I when Southern Gods came out, I have a I have a background in advertising marketing. Mm-hmm. What I did is I researched every sort of comp title. I whenever I saw a, a book getting reviewed by like that was like my or similar to my book, mm-hmm. I reached out to uh, that blog, that review, that magazine, that place. I had this whole plan for the marketing release of it. Mm-hmm. And I would, I went to the, you know, I really functioned as the PR person, you know, uh, and would just feed these things to my PR person there because like if you're one in, one horse in a stable, you don't get groomed as well. Right. If you're not the you know, the, 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 the prize the, pony, the, yeah. yeah. Um. So it was, and here's a, just a funny aside. You can edit this out, or you can leave it in. <laughs> uh, um. So one of the things I did was I saw that someone in the same company uh, in the same publisher got reviewed on. Um, uh, the AV Club. So I contacted the reviewer and said, "Hey, uh, I've got a book coming out, and just thought you might want to review it." And they were like, "What's it about?" And I was like, "It's about you know, Southern God, you know, like Lovecraft." I, you know, I gave them the pitch, and they were like, "Yeah, send it to me." And uh, I sent it to them, and they reviewed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I told the publicist uh, that, "Hey, I arranged this, and it's going to be reviewed on it." Uh, you know, uh, AV club. Yeah. The onion AV club. And, uh, she was like, great. Thanks. And then when it, when the review came out, I got an email from her with her bosses copied. Congratulations. We've got you reviewed on the onion AV club. (laughs) And I was like, okay, fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's, you know, that you bring up a good point that, that all authors out there who are, are, debuting or, or seeking to get in traditional publishing is that your publisher may have a publicist but ultimately it falls on you and and you're going to do a lot of the legwork well i mean it, sh- it shouldn't it should be it should be guided by the publisher they know right. best um but you're not the only book that's being you know developed i mean i wouldn't say like in the best case scenario, you are a partner with them, right. and you you can help. You know, if you have a dialogue with the PR people, which is kind of hard because right. they they're really busy. Yeah, but if you can say, "Look, I have these skills. I can do these things. I can help you in these ways." Um, if they listen to you, that could be a really fruitful, you know, 
partnership mm-hmm. between you and your publisher. Right. You know, for me, you know, I know how to write press releases. I know how to do graphics. I know how to do animations. I know how to do, you know, book trailers. You know, I mean, right. I do all, I'm in my day job. I am an award-winning animator and creator, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a digital creator. Um, so those are the things that I could bring to the table, but often there is the publishing company publishing is such a moribund industry still you know uh tied up with all these rules that they established like in the early 1900s or whatever whatever the fuck it was and they don't they're not they're not facile actually of the most facile and nimble of the companies is angry robot yeah i mean they're really sort of figuring out the different ways to do this business well, anyway, um, so seven years ago, actually 2011, six years ago when my first book came out, I feel ancient now already, <laughs> you know, publishing years are like dog years. Wow. I don't know if you know that. Not yet. Yes, they are. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, you know, on Southern Gods, I hustled my ass off. I promoted it. I did, you know, more shit than, you know, anyone could do. Mm-hmm. And it got... You know, it's it's still my most popular book. I did a lot of the same things with this Dark Earth. Unfortunately, it didn't resonate with people, and that's fine. You know, you just that's what happens. Yeah. You know, you write a book, it does it, it just doesn't connect with an audience. I mean, I still think it's a great book. I stand behind it. I I will. Uh, you know, someday I'll might even return to it, but it didn't it didn't catch. But I did a lot of work to promote it. But, you know, after that, with the young adult stuff, uh, honestly, my, my publisher at Learner was great. They were really proactive. And it did really well. I mean, relatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sort of slacked off on my end because they were doing such a great job. Right. And then uh, once uh, Incorruptibles came along, um, you know, it's the UK, and I was sort of out of it <laughs> for three books. Uh so, though I did have a few years where I had two books coming out a year, one young adult and one uh, of the Incorruptibles, but anyway, I sort of stopped, you know, uh, you know, spinning my wheels to try to get some traction PR-wise and doing all the sort of PR work. So, I don't know. I mean, but it's something you can do yeah. uh, to help. That was a long road to a very small house. <laughs> No, I appreciate all that you said, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, Penny Reeve is my publicist with Angry Robot, and it, it does feel more like a partnership, yeah. uh, which I'm very thankful for because I know a lot of people, it, it it feels like it's all on them to do all the legwork. And sure. Like, like you said, they email you and said, hey, we did that yeah. thing that you did. That, that was a special credit situation, for and that was, a, <laughs> that was funny. That was a company that was sort of imploding at the time. And people were justifying their existence. I don't blame her for doing it, but anyway, right. it's just I, I real I I was wise enough when I came into the situation to know that I was going to have to do a lot of work, right? If it was going to get, oh God, I could talk. I someday I will show you the original cover. Uh, they <laughs> it was it was a, it was a it was a clusterfuck. Let's wow. just say that. Wow, <laughs> but. I will give I will give the nightshade people. Uh, sorry, I'm blowing my nose. You're right. I'll give the nightshade people credit. Man, they had really good taste. They launched launched a lot a lot of I think good careers. Mine 
Teresa Frohawks, uh, Frohawks, um, Paolo Bacagalupi, Bac- uh, Paolo. I don't, I've never said I've never said his name out loud, so I don't actually. You, yeah, you always read it online yeah. and, and say it mentally. Yeah, you know, uh, quite a few people. So um, they had very good taste, and they're technically still around. Under, and like you said, and Skyhorse and Skyhorse is Sky Horse. You know, They're they're doing really well. Doing uh, good hey, stuff. Yeah. Well, which book are you most proud of that that has been published so far? Oh, that has been published. Um. I, I can't, you know, it's not Southern Gods. I have trouble reading it. It's, you know, so I was very lucky to get my very first novel published, but mm-hmm. it's also I've learned and I, like I'm publicly learning how to write a book, yeah. you know, so I'm very well aware of all its flaws and all its problems. And it's weird to me that that is still my most popular book. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I would say... I love this dark earth. I, I felt like I really came into my stride as a, a storyteller. I think my young adult series is, you know, the, the, there's a series fall off. So if you write a series, first book, even if it does well, second book is not going to do as well. And mm-hmm. the third, the third book is just going to be like less than all that on the young adult arc. I was very proud of where I went with it. Um, I think I did some really daring things. So much so that I got sort of a tepid review from Booklist for my first one. My second one got a starred review from Booklist. You know, it was, you know, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I really got better and I really figured out how to write a big story. And then I think it culminates, that sort of idea culminates with, um, Incredibles. Um, I, I, you know, I only wrapped it up in the past year, but I've been working on it up until like a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's still pretty fresh in my mind. And I'm very proud of the you know, I'm just like on that one. I'm like on a sentence by sentence, and the quality of the prose, and the the quality of the imagery, and you know, the voices, and I just feel like I really was doing something right there. So, I don't know. I mean, it's well, I, I like some things for, for like, what I think I did, like, plot-wise. And mm-hmm. I like some things where, like, I sort of focus on the pros. And I don't know. It's, it's like kids. Yeah. You, you can't really pick a favorite. No, one, I, yeah. I, I can tell you which was my favorite kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Oh. <laughs> oh, your actual kids. Yeah, I thought no, you were no. still talking about books. I can tell you my favorite kid, <laughs> okay. but I can't tell you my favorite Well, we won't talk about we Off mic, you can tell me, but. You bring up a series, and you've had, obviously, experience writing a series in Young Adult, a series in Adult, mm-hmm. and also uh, standalones. And that's just, for some reason, been... Uh, I never... And I talked to my mentor about this, and he thinks I'm an idiot. Who's your mentor? Say, uh, Jason Nelson. Okay. He writes under J.C. Nelson. He wrote uh, the... I can't. I'm too drunk to think of. <laughs> are you? Are you really drunk? I'm not. I'm tipsy. I'm not drunk. Okay. But uh, free agent. He wrote the free agent series, which is uh, you probably. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's I urban fantasy. It. Okay. But I never wanted to get stuck in a series or pigeonholed in a series. And I don't know if that's just like a, a stupid thing to think of because I know Mike Cole has talked about that because he kind of got. He finally broke out with this new book coming out later this year um i and maybe i was just 
I'm done, and I'm. It's too early for me to even consider that, and maybe I should be thankful if I do get because right now my agent asked me to write uh, synopses for the next two books in the Smoke Eater series, which hey, awesome. But at the same time, I'm I'm writing this totally other new book right now, and so w- what's your opinion on that as far as? Well, my opinion is series, um, in the sense of like a trilogy. Are a way for um, publishers to pay less money um, and uh, and amortize the money they pay out to authors. If they buy all three books, for instance, right. at the same time, that's okay. right. So what they can do is they can leverage buying, you know, more books with a bigger advance, but they also like, try, you know, you know, their business. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to grab more rights. Right. They're trying to grab, you know, so we're, we'll pay you, like, as a standalone, you know, I think I got, like, 15 grand for this Dark Earth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they ask for, look, we're going to give you 100 grand mm-hmm. for three books, but we want world rights, audio mm-hmm. rights. You, you know what I'm saying? Like right. But, and also, they don't have to pay it all out. Uh, at one time, they pay. You know, they pay incrementally. You should. Right. You, you, I'm sure you know this now. It's like, you know, they pay on acceptance of the manuscript, pay mm-hmm. on publication of the hardback or the trade paperback. They pay on publication of the, you know. So they know it's not an immediate hit to them. Right. So I think you know a large push toward the series thing is just a way for publishers to sort of save right. money and get more in the end. You know, if I was a you know, in the best of all worlds, you know, what I did with uh, the 12 finger boy, what I did with the incredibles was write one big ass book, but, mm-hmm. but I did it over a lar- large period of time. I got you. And so it would have been nice to just, you know, if I could have, I would have just written the book and it's like, this is a big ass book. And we can c- carve it up. And at least I would have evaluated it, you know, sort of in one creative go, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, so, you know, if your book is profitable, they are going to want you to write a sequel. Right. I mean, they're going to want you to write, you know, uh, here's, a, here's a deal with most legal situations uh, other than, um, you know, criminal. If it's a civil dispute, if there's money or kids involved, that is when you have lawsuits. That is when you need contracts. Mm-hmm. That is when you do, this is when business dealings come in or dealings or negotiations. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, uh, they're going to do what they can to maximize their profits. And I don't blame them. It's just the reality of the thing. But it's like, it's like, look, I'm getting this water and these are the predators. And not that they're predators, but these are the creatures like me, who is also a predator, you know, <laughs> who's out there, you know, uh, and but you got to be aware of their nature. And so right. They're going to, you know, they're going to make right scraps. And, you know, I don't know, that's a long winded sort of answer. I, it, you know, I've gotten to the point, like, as I said earlier, publishing years are like dog years. So I'm, you know, you're well seasoned and, 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 and nine times seven. <laughs> I'm a writer. A I'm not more a worried writer. Yeah. Well, all right. Last question. Okay. Before we, so we can eat some brisket. Uh, what 
What advice, and you can take as long as you want on this, what, what advice did you learn throughout your career thus far that you wish you would have known? You know, all the real technical issues of publishing, like, and that's what we've sort of talked about, the industry. Writing, is, writing, the actual art of writing, the craft of writing, is something that every person has to figure out by themselves. Like, you can't, no one can teach you how to write. It's a, it's a, it is a process. People can give you pointers. People can give you, like, say, like, these, these are the ways I do it. And, and th- that's handy, you know, but when it, it doesn't matter at all until you've actually sat down and figured out what works for you. Right. N- not just as a process, but aesthetically. So, you know, um, I have certain standards I, I want to achieve aesthetically. And I have some certain rules that will only work for me. You know, I would ne- you know, one of my problems is there's a lot of people giving writing advice online. Like, 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 like laying out rules. And I've always been sort of like against that just because, you know, Chuck Wendig does it well because invariably when he writes a list of rules, he contradicts himself because he understands, you know, you're going to take from the list, the you know, it's a la carte. He usually says that from the get-go, yeah. yeah that he, he's very honest about it. I just, I just never felt like I had the authority... Uh, you know, even though I'm technically, I've been published, you know, I've made money, you know, professional, I'm a professional writer. Um, I never felt like I had the authority to tell people, like, this is the right way to do something. You know? Right. Um, and that's probably uh, fucked up personality. But, <laughs> you know, for, but, you know, so ultimately, I, I only have a few rules, uh, like ultimate, which is you don't have anything until you've hit the end. And I, I don't, I, I have never heard, other than Scott Lynch, anyone who sold something just on an idea or like on a, you know, premise. Right. I mean, I know people have done it, but for the rest of us mortal folk, mm-hmm. um, you don't have shit until you've hit the end. Yeah, an agent will not consider it no. if, if you haven't a finished product. Uh, so uh, that's like a big rule for me. Um, you know, other than that, it's like every, everyone, you have to figure out your process. So, your, and your process will change from book to book. And it's always like, oh, I thought I had this figured out. But no, I don't. I don't no. have this figured <laughs> yeah, out. I feel that way every book. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every novel is like, oh, right. This is a battle to figure out. You know, it's like, a, you know, it's like, you know, writing uh, novels is like having a backyard full of bamboo. It, it is always having to go back and chop down and get it in manageable order to think you have instilled order and you understand your world. And then you turn your back and you go to start doing something else and there's more bamboo <laughs> <laughs> you know, or prison edge or whatever, or, you know, that, no, I love if, the bamboo if, analogy. If you're exceptionally hairy, it could be your back. I don't know. <laughs> but, I know uh, a lot of firemen like that. Uh, they, they, they still don't take care of that. But So, yeah. So, um, it's complete what you start, even if it sucks, and uh, figure out your process as best you can, and your and understand that it is. Uh, oh, I, I will I will say this: the only other real thing I feel like uh, is a solid when it comes to writing is, 
you know, you'll meet people in writing. You'll meet people like me. You'll meet whatever. Um, you'll go to conventions. You'll, you'll meet people who you think are your friends and whatever, and they're best friends. But the only real relationship you ever have throughout your whole career is you to your work. And that's the most important relationship because it's the only one, uh, it's the most intimate, it's the most rewarding, both on a financial and personal level Mm -hmm. and emotional and psychological and all these other things. Um, And, you know, I've spent years sort of looking for validation outside of myself. And often you don't get that in writing. And so you really just need to do it because you need to do it or you need to not do it and figure out something you need to do. I guess that's... So that's three rules. <laughs> Is that three? <laughs> yeah, that's three. But. Very poignant. And uh, you, your latest book is the final book in the Incorruptibles trilogy. That's is right. that the official name, the Incorruptibles trilogy? That's what we're calling it. Yeah. They, you know, it's funny. They never really sort of... We never really named it because uh, we didn't... Well, that's... Honestly, that's cool with me because I hate when series come out and just like the bloody blah Chronicles version. Good grief! The cycle or whatever oh, you know pisses me off. So bad. I didn't. It didn't. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I appreciate a good like you know. Sometimes one of the things I don't like about not sort of establishing it is I would love it if there were numbers on on the spines of oh, my books. That would help tremendously. All right. But but you have to have that foresight to say. It is a series, you know, right. or it is a trilogy, so that you know that does help. Like if if someone has, you know, if a publisher says, okay, this is going to be a series, the design is going to be this, it's going to be this series, this is the moniker. It's it that works towards marketing. Book one in the blah 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 right. whatever. So I would have loved like I have two series of uh, you know th- trilogies, and none of them sort of have that on their spines it would be nice if they did yeah but is that a problem for me not not really but uh so i i understand the the value of it yeah but i mean i i've gone to the cow's book sale several times and i can't tell you how many books i've bought and i started reading and i said something feels off here the story seems like it's already started right and i look it up and it's the third book <laughs> right yeah so i get that a lot in reviews you know really? i mean you get that so it, it's something for publishers to think about uh, oh, but you asked me, the, oh, let me just hit the, the last book comes out mm-hmm. on Halloween uh, in the U.S. So it's already out in the U.K. It's out in the U.K. It okay. always comes out first in the U.K. Right. They sort of shortened that period probably because I was late delivering it. <laughs> Granted, I did start a company, uh, you know, during the time that I was writing the book. So I, I have an excuse. Right. They don't care about excuses. But <laughs> they did not sue me. Uh, and they let me turn it in late. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, well, it's good also because the company's kicking ass. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what were we saying? Uh, Your third book. Oh, right. So it's coming out on October 31st in, in the U.S. That's what? It's a good like day. Two it, weeks away? It would be better if it was a horror novel. <laughs> it's not. I always feel bad because uh, your book's coming out on Halloween, and I saw some other books coming out on Halloween, and it just happens to be on a Tuesday, which is. Right. Like real estate, and I always feel bad for people who come out on Halloween, but 
I don't know. Maybe people. That's a tradition. They go to the bookstore and buy books on Halloween. That'd be I seriously nice. doubt they do. I don't think that's a... <laughs> I'm just trying to make you feel better. But hey, but now everybody knows that uh, the third book in the Incorruptible series. The first one's the Incorruptibles. The second one is Foreign Devils. Foreign Devils, and the third is called Infernal Machines. Infernal Machines, and there's dragons in it, which I finally, finally, worm. You call them worms, right? No, that's just what one of them calls called the, the great guy, worms. Yeah. yeah, that's just sort of like. You know, we don't really get to those until the last book. The last book. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, I'm all about it. Yeah. Dragons. All right, everybody. John Horner Jacobs. I want to thank him for inviting me to his home. And I'm ready to eat some brisket. John, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me.